Hey, this is Andy Lucas, pastor of Emmaus Road Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this message helps you grow in your walk with Christ. If you'd like to support this ministry, visit theroadfc.org and click the giving link. Uh, welcome to families who are visiting and anyone else visiting with us. We're, we're thrilled that you have chosen uh, to worship with us here on the fourth Sunday of Advent. Uh, the wait is almost over. Advent is a season of waiting, and the anticipation has reached a fever pitch here just a couple days before Christmas. Uh, you know, I've always, uh, I've always been directionally challenged. Uh, you can verify that with my wife. I get lost so easily. Uh, I, it just, I can hardly find my way anywhere without uh, a map. Um, a map, uh, whether digital or otherwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this, how, this problem, though, was made a lot better when we moved to the Front Range. Uh, that was able to orient me to the mountains. The mountains were always in the west. And so now I do feel like I can at least have a sense of what direction I'm going. Uh, but this makes visiting my brother in Montana all the more difficult because he lives in the valley surrounded by mountains. So when I go there, there are mountains on the east and the west, uh, which just perpetuates the problem all the more. Um, which is why, so, so I have this issue and I consider myself to be actually very lucky and fortunate uh, having reached driving age right around the same time that the internet was becoming common in households. Uh, and so when I was in college and was on my own, literally the only way I could find my way anywhere uh, was I would, I would go to the computer lab on campus, uh, I would open, open up Microsoft Internet Explorer, and then I would route my destination on mapquest.com. Some of you may remember this, right? I would, I would map my destination on mapquest.com. I would then print out those directions and bring them in the car with me. This is how I found my way anywhere when I was in college. Uh, while that may seem archaic by today's standards, this was brand new tech, and I was certainly thankful for it because I would have been utterly lost without it. Um, to, now, to this day, I depend heavily on the directions uh, provided by the English-accented voice from my iPhone to get a lot of places, uh, which public service announcement, surely all of you knew that you could change Siri's voice, right? Uh, and so Amy and I have changed it to an English accent, so it's just so beautiful when she's yelling at you and telling you where to go. Uh, and it's, it's amazing, isn't it, how much trust we put in sort of these, this disembodied voice uh, about where to go. And, and most, of the times, uh, most of the time, I get right where I'm s- supposed to go with no issue at all. Uh, but there have been times, however, when that little voice uh, misled me, or has misled us, certainly, no doubt. Okay, so this summer, when we were on a backpacking trip, we have this app on our phone uh, that, similar to how Google maps streets, this maps hiking uh, trails. Uh, and destinations and campgrounds and all that. So we punched in the trail uh, and we entered our intended camping spot so that we would know where we were on the journey. And this was the first time that we were using this app that will remain unnamed. Uh, And and let me just say that it didn't go well. Um, So so along the route, uh, the girls, we we downloaded the app so that we could ask, answer the the all-important question when you're backpacking with kids, uh, which is how much longer, you know, how far have we gone, are we there yet, all these kinds of questions. Uh, so occasionally we would reference this app and we would announce information based on that we were getting from the app. And so we would say, oh, just one more mile, just half a more mile, right? So we're hinging everything on the, on the, the, 
on the correct information that this app was giving us. Well, certainly you know where this is headed. When the app told us that we had arrived at the campsite, uh, we looked around and there was no place to camp in sight. Uh, there was, uh, just, we, we couldn't find anything. We were like on this, on, the side, on this ridge and we're like, surely this is not right. But the app kept saying, yes, this is it. You are there. You have arrived. Uh, now, we were camping in an established campground, so we knew that there was going to be a sign or a flat spot or a post in the ground or something to indicate this is where you are supposed to be. So, uh, once the app was kind of announcing that we had arrived and we didn't find anything, we, we went to the backup and we got out the hard copy map that we had uh, received from the backcountry office. Uh, and we looked for landmarks. Now, understand, this is a very basic map, and so it's like, the campsite is by a river after a big curve in the trail. This is about how detailed the hard copy map was. So we're like, hey, did we go on a big curve? You know, we're not sure, but we know we're not by the river because we can hear it down there in the canyon and we're up here. So we had a choice to make. Do we trust the GPS telling us that we had arrived? Or do we simply do what feels right in the moment or do we follow our previous experience of being in the backcountry, which Amy and I have, have uh, plenty, uh, to make an informed decision about whether to keep, go back or to keep going? Uh, and I would suggest to you that in the journey of Advent and in our lives, we must discern which voice to trust. There are all kinds of voices, and we need to discern what voice do we trust. Uh, by the way, uh, we did find the campsite a mile or more further down the trail. Uh, so here's just a quick picture of us uh, at our destination. We were very happy to get there. Uh, Autumn was medium happy to get there. And I, and I think that was more a reflection of the journey so far than the actual like, oh, we're finally there, but just like, eh, this has been pretty ho-hum is, is uh, what Autumn is, is saying there. But the rest of us were pretty thrilled. Well, John read for us uh, the passage of Scripture this morning and did a great job. It's the story from the Christmas story from Matthew um, about uh, Joseph kind of finding out that Mary is now pregnant, and, and he has kind of the same, similar choice to make, right? Like when Mary turns out pregnant, before she and Joseph got married, he is facing a similar situation. Does he keep going? Does he give up on the relationship altogether? Or is there a decision that can land somewhere in the middle? And I would say that before you place kind of all of your modern perspectives on teenage pregnancy onto this situation, uh, perhaps we should try to understand the world in which they were living. Uh, first, Mary and Joseph are teenagers. So most estimates put Mary between ages 12 and 15 and Joseph between ages 17 and 20. Their relationship was probably uh, arranged by their parents, but with the consent of Mary and Joseph. So, hey, we'd like to marry you to marry this person. What do you think of them? I think they're okay. All right, let's keep going and let's move forward with this. So it was, it was kind of a mixture between arranged marriage and, and just kind of choosing your own mate. It was some hybrid in between. And, and at, at, this time, at the time of this story, they're engaged, but engagement was more binding than engagements are today. So engagement meant that Joseph had either paid the entire bride price uh, to Mary's family, or at least a portion of that. Uh, and because the engagement was considered more binding than in our culture, uh, even more so, and I think this would be true even in our day, any advances toward another person uh, were considered adulterous, right? And that's the key part of the story. So when Mary turns up pregnant, Joseph must discern what voice to trust. Does he follow the law? 
Does he follow his own voice or does he follow something else? And Matthew is very quick to tell us and makes sure to tell us that Joseph was a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace. Uh, The problem is that, that those two things are actually in conflict with one another because calling someone righteous in this culture meant that they were obedient to the law. And so the law called for the public disgrace of Mary and her family so that the shame wouldn't rest on Joseph and his family. In other words, in this situation for these teenagers, one of the law required and cultural norms required that one of these families face shame and, and kind of a, a wrecking of reputation. And so it isn't just the life of Joseph uh, himself, it's the life and reputation of him and his entire family that is on the line. Does he do what the law requires, maintain his reputation and that of his family as being righteous, that is they do the right thing and follow the law, or do they do something else? And what's interesting to me is that Joseph's own intuition uh, would not let him do what the law required And so he decided to to divorce her quietly. Now, when you read the word quietly, read and understand without shame. So Joseph has, he knows what the law requires. He knows what kind of cultural norms are. Uh, He knows this is the direction that you're supposed to go, but but his conscience won't let him do that. So he has in mind to divorce her and without shame. So he will end the relationship, but do so without shaming Mary and her family. He knows the right thing to do, uh, but was to bring shame upon Mary and her family, but he decides instead to show compassion. And that's a really important piece of this story, a really important part of the Christmas story. So that night as he sleeps, and I want you to understand that certainly Joseph is conflicted at this point, right? He's a righteous man, comes from a righteous family, they do what's right, they follow the law, and yet he's decided in his heart to show compassion on Mary and her family. So that night, as he sleeps, conflicted about the decision that he has already made, he has a dream or a vision or something, right? The Lord comes to him and tells him to do the unthinkable, and that is to stay with Mary and to take her home as his wife. Stay in the relationship and see it through. Now, those with a flair for the dramatic would want a little more inner debate among Joseph uh, when when he came to this new understanding or when he saw this vision of the Lord. Uh, We would want to hear all kinds of details that Matthew would tell of of the conflict. Should I do this? Should I not? But there's really no drama in the decision that's to be made. Matthew doesn't indicate any struggle. Joseph woke up and did it. And here's what I want you, here's what I really want to focus in on and help you understand this morning. What is the it that Joseph did? Joseph woke up and he did it. And here's what it is. He went against the law in favor of love. Or maybe maybe another way of putting it is he went against the rigid interpretation of the law in favor of the covenant between God and people. Now, this message is not, and kids, I want you to hear me, not an encouragement to go and break the law. (laughs) But rather, this message is an encouragement to go and lean into the ways of love and compassion. Because what Joseph does is is he woke up and he did it. He went against what the law required in favor of love. 
So Matthew doesn't indicate any struggle on Joseph's part. And I think the reason for that is because Joseph was already moving in the direction of love and compassion toward Mary. His conscience was already telling him that I don't want to just publicly shame Mary and her entire family. Here we find ourselves in this situation. Joseph has no idea why, really, until the vision that he receives. But before that, he has, he, he's put in this situation that is certainly socially difficult, has all sorts of implications, and yet he still moves in the direction of compassion toward Mary. So when the angel comes and continues to move him even further down the road of love and compassion, there's no conflict in him because he was already moving in that direction. And here's what I want to say, that in our journey of waiting and in our lives, there are a number of voices, and we must discern which voice to trust. And my simple encouragement to you today is this, to, tr to discern and place your trust in the voice of God. And even as I say that, I know that following the voice of God, the still small voice, the leading of the Spirit, the prompting of the Spirit, whatever it is you want to call it, I want to admit out loud that it can be really hard right? That, that there, have, there have certainly been moments in my life where I, I, where I feel like I received the, the leading and the direction of God with clarity, with a, with a degree of confidence that I was sure that God was leading me to do something. But there have also been plenty of times in my life, and I might even say more often, that I have found it very difficult to discern the voice of God. And if that's you today, then I want to simply say you are not alone. If listening to the voice of God, discerning the voice of God, feels like this kind of ethereal, out there thing that is really hard to grasp, I would simply say you are not alone. So while there are times that I've, had, that I've heard from God clearly, a good bit of the time, I'm not certain if it's God's voice or my own intuition. <laughs> and even artists and songwriters have picked up on this theme and this reality of life, right? This, uh, this band, uh, Bird Talker, uh, I didn't come up with it, right? This, this, that's what their name is. Bird Talker uh, sings a song called Nothing's Right. And in that song they sing this, tell me again how you can talk to God and how he tells you what to do, and how you're sure it's not your own voice disguised as something absolute. What a moment of honesty in songwriting, right? Tell me again how you can talk to God and how he tells you what to do, and how you are sure it's not your own voice disguised as something absolute. And so given the difficulty Given my encouragement today, learn to discern and, and trust in the voice of God. That's a very uh, preacherly thing to say, right? And yet I would want to say and admit how difficult that can sometimes be. And so the addendum that I want to add is simply this. The voice of God leads us in the ways of love and not shame. And the Christmas story and Joseph's story in particular points us in that direction and reveals to us that truth. That when Joseph was following his own conscience toward compassion, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and moved him even further toward love and compassion and away from shame. And there are some who would be certain that for God to be honored, the law must be upheld. But Joseph, in following the voice of God, broke the law in favor of love and avoided shame. 
And so while I'm hesitant to turn this into a formula for discerning the voice of God, I am comfortable saying that discerning and trusting God's voice will lead us away from blame and shame and move us toward love and compassion. Amen? Now, we actually see this theme leading up to the birth of Jesus and throughout Scripture because when the law required that, that women caught in adultery be stoned, Jesus broke the law in favor of love and says to the crowd, you without sin throw the first stone. When the law required that no labor be done on the Sabbath, Jesus breaks the law in favor of love by harvesting grain for his disciples to eat and healing a man. The family line of Jesus was preserved when Hebrew midwives chose love and refused to obey the law decreed by Pharaoh to kill newborn Hebrew boys. And when the law required Daniel to bow down and pray to King Nebuchadnezzar, he chose love and prayed only to Yahweh. The, kind of throughout Scripture, we find that the people of God, when faced with a decision uh, of do I follow the kind of strictures of the law or do I move in the direction of love, what we see Old Testament, New Testament, and beyond is that the Spirit of God is always moving us and pushing us towards in the direction of love and compassion. And so my simple kind of pre-Christmas, fourth Sunday of Advent encouragement to us is this. There is a long history of the people of God following the voice of God into the ways of love. I encourage you to join that tradition <laughs> with the confidence that God is worthy of our trust. Because in a noisy world, trust the voice that leads us toward greater compassion, greater love, greater grace, for when we do so, we'll be trusting in the voice of God. Amen? Amen. Let's say a word of prayer, and then um, I'll lead us to the table for communion today. Heavenly Father, thank you for the Christmas story. This story that is filled with layers and layers and layers of meaning, of, of inspiration, of awe. Uh, a story so, so filled with wonder that people for generation after generation on an annual basis have returned to this story of God made flesh and of a teenage couple and the decisions that they faced. And it's become so, so filled with wonder and awe that, Lord, sometimes we fail to recognize the grittiness of it all. That this is a real story affecting real people in real history. That Mary and Joseph faced real decisions. And so God, thank you for leading Joseph in the ways of compassion as he refused to shame Mary and her family. Thank you, God, for preserving this couple. And for Joseph's obedience to stay with Mary, that she might bear a son and he might be named Emmanuel, God with us. And so God, thank you for this season of anticipation where we lean into these truths of peace and hope, love, joy, and trust. And so God, may we be a people who are discerning of your voice 
And even in the moments when we're uncertain of what that might mean in particular, may we be confident in the, in the general direction that your voice is going to lead us towards compassion, toward love, toward grace, toward forgiveness. For, go, for God, we see in Jesus the embodiment of all these things. And so God, help us to be a people that embody these ways and these things in the world, knowing that it's not always easy, it's not always clear, it's often nuanced and complicated, but God, help us to lean in and to be faithful to the direction that you have called us, and may we follow your voice, trusting God that you are good. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.